So today we're going to be looking at Psalm 23, and Psalm 23 is a very well-known psalm. I'm sure many of you already know this psalm, and Psalm 23 is a trust psalm. And uh, the psalms, they are uh, given in different types of categories. There is laments or thanksgiving, wisdom, royal. So there's several different types of psalms out there. And this is a trust psalm. And so, do any of you ever heard of a trustful exercise? Some of you, yes, some of you, okay. Uh, well, I have a quick video here to show you exactly what a, a trust exercise, trustful exercise is. Let's just take a look, quick look at this video. Fall, and we're just, it'll be an exercise in building trust between one another. So Harrison, if you don't mind going first, uh, step up here on this chair and close your eyes. All right, and then everybody fill in. And we're going to ask you to fall, and then they will catch you. So you have to trust us. I'm going to count to three. Just relax and fall, okay? One, two, three. No, wait, no, no! <laughs> I think that was more a uh, trust fail than a trust fall. Uh, I can confirm I believe that was staged, so no youth pastors were harmed in the making of that video. But what we see through that video is, is that sometimes we just can't put our trust in other people, can we? The, whether the instructions are not clear enough or uh, someone could drop us in that situation. Um, but what can we put our trust in fully? God. We can fully put our faith and trust in God when we need him because there are so many other things in the world that uh, on a regular basis fail us. And we're going to look at that uh, through this psalm today. And so if you do have your uh, scripture and your Bibles um, and you want to turn to Psalm 23, please turn them. We're going to go through this uh, verse by verse and see what God's word is telling us as we learn how to trust in him. And so in verse 1, we have our introduction here. It says here, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so we see this imagery here of the Lord being a shepherd and uh, the shepherd who takes care of sheep. And so the author of this psalm is David, otherwise known, you may have known him as King David in the lineage of Jesus. And so that's King David and he was a shepherd. And so David has extensive knowledge of what it means to be a shepherd. So when he's writing this psalm, he's giving us a lot of information about what it means to be a shepherd. And so the shepherd is the one who looks after sheep. And so the shepherd was vital in looking after and leading the sheep. Sheep do not just take care of themselves. They require more than any class of livestock, endless attention and a lot of care in order for them to be raised well. So it's a hard job. It's not an easy job at all. And so we have a couple of picture of examples of some sheep that are going to appear on the screen. And there's one there, having a good day. But, and here's the next one. Yep, here's a happy sheep there. And then this one next is not having a great day. And clearly you can tell why they obviously need a shepherd in this case. And so they do, they need endless attention. Sheep are not the brightest of creatures, uh, unfortunately. And so that's why they need a lot of direction and an awful lot of care. And so what David is saying here is like, the Lord is our shepherd. And so uh, the Lord is the shepherd, then we are the sheep. And so sometimes we, we don't make the best of decisions, do we? And we need someone to lead us and guide us and comfort us through our lives. And who is that? That is the Lord. And we're going to see more about that um, through, as we go through the psalm. 
And then at the end it says, I shall not want. Well, what does that mean, I shall not want? In other words, it means I will lack nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall be supplied with whatever I need. But if it is not given to me, then it is something that is either not fit to me or not good for me, or I shall have it in due time. And so the Lord is providing everything to David that he needed. And that's what David is saying here. And then as we continue through the rest of the psalm, it builds on that introduction and shows the ways in which God cares for his people. And so uh, in the next couple of verses, we're going to see how God is the leader. God is our leader, and we're going to see how he leads us, comforts us, and protects us. And so in verse 2, it says here, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Makes me lie down in green pastures. Anyone here led down in grass? Feels nice and cool, yeah, until you get up and then you find a tick and not so cool after that. But it feels nice, doesn't it, to lie in, in line a field? And so there's a picture here up on the screen of a beautiful field there. Look at that, looks real nice, doesn't it? Yeah, and you see the sheep there, they're having a good time. You see the nice still waters over here. And so the idea is that the shepherd knows the sheep, meets the need of the sheep and the ways in which to receive them. So the sheep eat grass, and the shepherd has brought the sheep to an area where the grass is so verdant that the sheep can safely lie down and ruminate, because there's plenty of grass to eat when they're done. And so in Israel, you actually don't find many occasions uh, and places where you see these low-lying lands of green grass. They're actually kind of hard to find. In the southern part of Israel, you have the desert. Uh, in the central part, it's like hills and valley, so you don't get that low-lying uh, grassland. Um, but in the Galilee area, you come across it a little bit more up to the north. And so the job of the shepherd really was to find these areas, these areas that were so important to find. Um, and so that was their job, for, to find these areas for the sheep. And so the sheep would follow the shepherd so he could lead them to these places. And so in the next part of that verse, it says, he leads me beside still waters. Well, why is that important? Why is still waters so important? Well, sheep have been known in the southwest deserts of America and in the Negev of Israel to die beside a fast-flowing stream because thirsty as they might be, they're fearful of rushing water. Isn't that amazing? And so a sheep would rather come to rushing water and would rather not drink for it because they're afraid uh, they would rather die of thirst. Uh, that's quite amazing, isn't it? And so you're probably thinking, well, the reason is because they're afraid they're going to fall in and they're going to get swept away. And that's a very valid reason. But there's actually a more interesting reason that they found out that why sheep are so fearful. And so the rushing water can cause them to get moisture up their nose when they drink, and that will cause a type of pneumonia. And sheep know to be afraid of rushing water, and they will not drink from a fast-flowing stream. And God, who is our shepherd, meets our needs the way a shepherd does in ancient Israel. He leads the sheep not just to water, but to gentle waters, waters that the sheep will not be fearful about. And you may have just seen a picture that just came up on the screen there. That's kind of like one of those desert areas, and you see the water is very still in that picture. Uh, and when I, I took that picture when I was in Israel, and there was actually an ibex that was actually in the water because it was nice and still, and it was enjoying that water there. But, you know, we've kind of got, there's a little, we've got a little bit of a danger warning here uh, in this verse for us because God knows that there are things that are not good for us in life, and he leads us back to where 
where we need to be. He doesn't want us to be um, near that rushing water. Rather, he wants us to be at peace and close to the still waters, just as the sheep are fearful of it, of the rushing water. He wants to bring us back to the still uh, waters. And that's just a beautiful image uh, to see right there. In verse 3, as we move on in verse 3, it says here, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. What a beautiful uh, sentence that is. And today, in modern times, sheep are just all kept in a pen, and they are just left by themselves. But the shepherd in the biblical times of David and beyond would live with the sheep. They would journey with them and even sleep with them. They would always be beside them and would be willing to put their life on the line to take care of their sheep. That's amazing, isn't it? That's like a 24-7 job, basically. The shepherd is always around the sheep. And back in those biblical times, to be a shepherd was kind of a lower class thing. But it was such an important job and such a demanding job, uh, being a 24-7 job. That's not like God, because he's taking care of us all the time, isn't he? He's always taking care of us, and he is always with us, just like the shepherd is. And the shepherd in the biblical Old Testament sense is one who touches every sheep every day. Isn't that remarkable? He would go around and touch every sheep every day, because if they are not touched, eventually the sheep will go wild. And so that's why it's so important important for the shepherd to go in and touch each of the sheep and know that he is the shepherd and he is there to comfort them and take care of them. Now, when a baby sheep is also delivered, they actually have to separate the lamb from the mother uh, for a period of time because the, the mother will be so protective over the lamb that it won't allow the shepherd anywhere near it. So they have to uh, separate the mother and the lamb. And it's a really terrible thing. And, and uh, the, the lamb um, is obviously afraid and the mother is, is bleating because she wants to be back near her child. And so the shepherd has to go into the sheep and calm it down and it pets it. And so there, there, everything will be fine. Don't worry. Everything will be absolutely fine. And so it calms the sheep down when it's afraid. Does anyone here have pets? Dogs? Cats? Dogs? Yep. We have dog lovers out there. So you ever seen a dog in a lightning storm? Yeah. They're afraid, aren't they? And what do they do? They run towards you because they're looking for comfort. I had a golden retriever when I was back in England, and when there was a lightning storm, it would literally jump up on my lap, and I had to hold it and just say, it's going to be okay, and then another storm would go, go off, another lightning bolt, and it would just, oh, it starts all over again, and it's whining. But I was like, there, there, everything's going to be fine, everything's going to be fine. And so it's that touch that allows uh, the comfort of the animals, and the same thing happens there with the sheep. And in the Bible, when it talks about a shepherd who touches his animals, animals every day. That's what's meant by the phrase, he refreshes my being by his touch. And so the Lord is able to provide all of us spiritual refreshment and restoration by being close to him. So he individually touches and cares for each one of us in our own lives. He ca- all of us are so unique, yet he cares for each and every one of us, just like the shepherd gives comfort and peace to each of the sheep as he goes goes around and touches them. In the next part of the verse, it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so the shepherd walks the same paths when they move the sheep. And in the Hebrew, the word paths or pathways means rut. So the shepherd and the sheep walks the same pathway so often that it is visible. Do we have anybody who likes hiking here? 
Yep, few of you. So if you've gone hiking in Shenandoah, or, or even if you've gone over to Burt Lake uh, Park, um, when you walk around, you see a path that's well-worn, yes? Because lots of people have been walking on that, that path over the years and created them. So it's very easy to see, and it's very visible to follow. And so generations of shepherds would continue on their own pathways, avoiding other sheep and animals, so that they would not get lost or interfere with other animals that could attack them. And so the sheep would instantly know the correct path in order to follow the shepherds. So there's lots of different herds and flocks of shepherds moving around, and so they each had their own individual path to follow. And the correct path is the one they want to stay on. And so what's the correct path for us? Well, that's God's word. The correct path is to stay on the path, follow God, and follow his word, and then we can stay on the correct path. Because there are times when we deviate from the path, we do go off it, and it doesn't go well, does it? And so that's why it's so important for us to stay on that path, following the Lord, and we will create our own rut so we know exactly how to follow him. And so moving on to verse 4. This is a well-known section of the psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so valleys of darkness in Israel and places around the world cast great shadows during certain times of the day. And in those shadows lurks all sorts of potential enemies for the sheep and the shepherd. There could be bandits, wild animals. And so this can be a very scary time for the sheep and the shepherd uh, to be walking through. Now, there's something interesting about this because that word death um, in the Hebrew actually could be translated as deep darkness. And so many translations use the word death, and some of the translations use deep darkness. And so when scholars actually looked at this word and compared it to the word in Ugaritic, it actually translated as deep darkness. So it could be, I walk through the valley of the shadow of deep darkness, because that's where the sheep are walking through, and that's where the the um, creatures and, the, and the, the wolves and the and all of those things that could harm a sheep and cause death could be. And that's probably one of the reasons why it uses death, because the result could be death for the sheep of what's hiding and lurking in those shadows. But it says, I will fear no evil. And why do we not fear no evil? Because you are with me. The shepherd is with the sheep, so the sheep have no need to fear. And God is with us. And so we have no reason to fear either if God is with us. And that's what's so powerful. It's the presence of the shepherd that walks beside you and me when you are going through a difficult period of your life. God is with us. And I think that's very comforting to know that when we stay close to the law, the shepherd, he will guide us and look after us. Hence why we should fear no evil because we have the spirit inside of us. We are all going to walk through periods of difficulty and darkness. It's always going to happen in our lives. But just know that the Lord is close by, just like he is close by the shepherd. He's going to guide them and take care of them. And so that's why there is no need to fear. And so why is that? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the shepherd has the tools to be able to take care of the sheep. 
And so the rod and the staff are the two implements of the shepherd. And so you probably know the one with the, the little hook on. That's the rod right there. And so the, one, the rod, that's the one that has the hook on the end. And so when they're going through the darkness, the, the little lambs could stumble and fall into a little um, area. And they might not be able to get up because it's dark. And so uh, the shepherd uh, puts down the rod and he lifts the, the, the lamb up. He puts it around the front legs. He doesn't put it around the neck because that's going to harm the lamb and pulls it up and puts it back and it continues on its way. And then the other implement of the shepherd is a club. Um, and so we don't often think that he has a club in his other hand, but the club is what he may use to beat off an attacker. And he can use that in his hand, or he can use it as a throwing stick to scare away a scout dog, for example, that's looking for a pack for someone to attack. And the idea is that the good shepherd is one who cares fully for his sheep. And for us, the idea is that God cares for us Fully. And what tools do we have today? We have his word. We have God's word, um, and we have so much in there uh, that can help us and comfort us. And so we come to the first, first point today of today's sermon, and that is that God leads, comforts, and protects us. God leads, comforts, and protects us. And we've seen that all the way through this psalm. We've seen how he leads us to lie down and take rest and be still. We see how he comforts us because we can stay close to him. And we also see how he protects us uh, when we are going through times of trouble and darkness. God is always there to take care of us. And so we now move into this next session where we're going to see how God provides for us. In verse 5, it says here, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So the language here changes slightly. It's actually giving us this idea of a banquet right here. And commentators are a little bit divided. Is this a real banquet or is this um, something else to do with the sheep and the shepherd? And so my uh, uh, professor, he talked about this verse very extensively at DTS. And so he says that David is actually describing the care of the shepherd for the sheep. It's like that of a banquet host that takes care of banquet guests. And so he's talking about leading the sheep to abundant grass. And so what is David referring to as a table in this uh, verse M? Well, actually, it's the entire high summer range in an area known as a tableland. And though these areas may have been remote and hard to reach, the shepherd would take the time and trouble to ready them for the arrival of his flocks. Just before the sheep arrive, he will make another expedition or two to prepare the table land for them. He takes along a supply of salt and minerals to be distributed over the range at strategic spots for the benefit of the sheep during the summer. The shepherd will also decide well ahead of time where his camps will be located so the sheep have the best bed grounds. He goes over the range carefully to determine how vigorous the grass and upland vegetation is. So the shepherd goes ahead and prepares the land for the sheep. And so what are those enemies? That, uh, if it was a banquet, are the enemies uh, hiding behind the curtains or the servers about to poison someone at the table? I think we've watched too many medieval plots for that to be. No, I think the enemies are actually the dogs on top of the hills, the carnivores in a ravine, uh, the animals that are on a hunt that might be hiding in a cave. And whoever those enemies are, be they dogs or lions or any other animal that could pounce on these sheep, the sheep are unconcerned because they're being cared for the good 
shepherd. And, and we can parallel this in the Christian life, is that Christ, our good shepherd, has himself already gone before us into every situation and every extremity that we might encounter. Isn't that very comforting to know, that knowing that God, Christ, has gone before us in every situation, and he knows what's going to happen, and he is there with us, and so there is nothing that we have to fear. God has provided this for us, and that's just an incredible image right there. In the next part, it says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And in reference to sheep, the shepherds learned long ago to put olive oil over the muzzle of the sheep. And that keeps flies from entering the nostrils of the sheep, laying eggs, which will hatch. They'll turn into insects and maggots. And I am going to go nowhere further with that because... (laughs) It's a nasty way uh, for a sheep to die. And so that's why it's so important. God is providing uh, this protection. The shepherd is providing protection. And so God provides us protection as well. And not only does he provide things for us, he provides it abundantly because it says, my cup overflows. And so I was actually preaching this sermon a couple of months ago at the Lamb Center. You may know the Lamb Center. It's a, a place where homeless people can go during the day if they have nowhere to go. And I was preaching, and I noticed there was this young lady who was getting very excited I was preaching, and I was like, no one gets that excited when I preach. <laughs> and so afterwards, she came up to me and said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm from Peru, and I actually used to take care of sheep in Peru. And we would actually, because there was something called sand flies in the mountains, we would actually take cups of oil and actually pour it over the head of the sheep and all over it. And the sheep did not like it. And so that actually reminded me, when I remember I was on a mission trip in Peru 12 years ago. And when we were in the mountains, there was these flies that would bite the legs and only go up to the waist, though. And so our guide said, you want to put pants on and, and jeans, because if you don't, your legs are going to swell up. It's going to be really bad. And of course, some of our students did not heed that advice. And what happened? Yes, their legs uh, got very swollen and it did not look very nice. And so that just reminded me of how, uh, how abundantly the shepherds in Peru provide for the sheep and God does the same for us. He abundantly provides. His cup overflows when he provides for us. And I think that's just so incredible knowing that when he does provide for us, it is in abundance. And I'm going to talk about that a little later in our applications. And so we come to our second point which is God always provides for us when we are in need and even when we are not aware of the need. And so the same with the sheep. The sheep didn't like the oil, even if it was rubbed on their muzzle or poured over them. They, they did not want that at all. But they, what they didn't know was that God was providing something that they did not need. Uh, or they thought they didn't need, but they needed it. And the same applies to us. There are some times we don't even know the need, and God still provides it for us. And sometimes it's later when we realize, oh, that's why that was provided for me. And sometimes God doesn't provide things that we ask for. Um, and that's just his will. Um, but there are things where we, we are seeing God provides and he provides abundantly in our life. And that is an incredible thing. And so we can come to the last verse here in verse 6. And we're actually going to see what the result of trusting in our Lord the shepherd is. Because this is a trust psalm. We're seeing all the reasons for the sheep to trust in the shepherd. And we're also seeing the reasons why we should trust in the Lord as well throughout our lives. And so in verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And so surely actually in Hebrew means only. So it could also mean only goodness and mercy shall follow me. And this relates to everything that we have just read through the psalm. 
harm. Um, goodness and mercy. Mercy also means steadfast love, as the Hebrew word is hesed, loyal love, will follow me all the days of my life. And the days of my life here indicate the current days and the days in the eternal life to come in heaven. And in that last section, it says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that word forever in Hebrew also means many days. And so the sheep would live in the sheepfold forever so long as they follow the shepherd, for the shepherd was there to take care of them. Just as we should follow the Lord all of our days, one day we too will be with the Lord in his house forever, in the presence of God for the rest of our days and eternity. And this is the ultimate trust, trusting in God and the plans he has for us, and that our trust in him enables us to follow him even through the difficult times. And so our last point here is, is that... Uh, we should always, our response to God is to trust in him. Our response to God is to trust in him. Because of everything that he has done in this psalm and everything the shepherd has done for the sheep, we see the reasons why we can trust in God. And so uh, before I conclude today's sermon, I've got three applications for you. And there's many applications in this psalm, isn't there? And so I've had to select three applications which I think are very relevant for today and for all of you today. And so the first application that I want to share with you today is find moments in our lives where we can find rest in God. Find moments in our lives where we can find rest in God. So what are some of the ways that we can find rest in God? Uh, I believe it is important for us to spend time alone with God. Jesus himself withdrew quite often from people so he could rest and spend time with God. And you know, in today's world, and especially in this area of Northern Virginia, we're going at a very fast pace. And we often do not take the time to slow down and rest. Rest is such an important part of life and finding rest in God is incredibly important because we may try to find other ways to rest, but resting in God is where we will find the ultimate rest. As the shepherd leads the sheep to lie down in green pastures and leads them to still waters, allow God to let you rest in his presence. And so take a look at your schedules, find places and areas where you can just sit down and rest with him. Sometimes that can look like just sitting down in silence, in peace, just thinking about everything that God has done, or it could be reading his scripture and enjoying his word. And if you're not spending time alone with God right now, just start tomorrow. Just try five minutes, and then you'll see that grow as you find and you see how important spending alone time is with God. And hey, if you have kids and your parents, maybe one of you spends time whilst the other looks after your children, then you swap over. And if you have older children, um, invite them to do this as well, uh, because it is an important time for all of us to spend time with God. I don't know if you remember the video there, but... Um, Chelsea, who's in the video, was talking about how important it was for them to spend uh, time alone with God during mission camp, and she just said how amazing it was. And at our full retreat last year, we actually started a new thing uh, where we would have 30 minutes of alone time and quiet time with God. And so they would go out into the campgrounds, uh, super beautiful, sit around the lake, and just we'd give them questions for them to, to answer and look through their scripture or just take time to be in God's presence. And at the end of camp, we asked the students, what was one of your favorite things at camp, and they didn't say kayaking, they didn't say uh, zip lining or in the escape room, uh, the majority of them said having rest and having alone time with God because it was just so refreshing and gave us so much rest. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that absolutely incredible? So I urge you to try that this week. Just try it for five minutes if you're not doing it, and you will see that time grow with God. 
And now uh, the second application is allow God to give you comfort and restore your soul. Allow God to give you comfort and restore your soul. And so you probably remember this part of the sermon where the shepherd would touch each of the sheep and comfort them with his touch and his presence. Well, now we ask the question, how do you allow God to comfort you and restore or replenish your soul? You know, often this happens when we are struggling or going through something difficult, but it can be also just be when we just want to be close to him. And you know, there are some ways of, of comfort of being close to him and to spend time worshiping him. Maybe you love to worship and you just feel close to him. When you sing, I know that that's one of my favorite things to do at church. And I also know that people tell me how blessed they are when they hear certain words uh, that remind them of the closeness of God. And it brings great comfort to hear people hearing words of scripture and praise to music. And let's not forget, what are the Psalms? The Psalms are poems, and they were also sung to music back in David's time. Now, do you like to journal or write? Sometimes it brings great comfort to just write thoughts down and see them and read them back. Prayers written down, poems, scripture verses, these are all good things. Now, in seminary, I had a, we were given a little task to write our own psalm. And for me, it was actually very re refreshing to be able to write that psalm and look back at it and see what God had done for me. So I challenged our middle schoolers to do the same thing a couple of months ago when I was doing a series on psalms. And uh, the first week, we had maybe one or two do it. But by the end of the week, uh, by the end of the series, which is six weeks later, uh, on the last day, we had 14 kids write psalms and come up and read them. And I have a little picture here. Just here's an example of some of all of those psalms there. Uh, look at that. Wonderful psalms that they had written. A lot of them kept their own psalms and took it because they felt it was so comforting. But they said how comforting and wonderful it was and how it replenished them writing these psalms and spending time in God's word. And so that's something you could do as well. Go home and write your own psalm. Some of our leaders did exactly the same thing and see how that brings you closer to God. And what about serving in an area of church? We've already talked about that already. Um, serving uh, can really bring you replenishment and restore your soul in any areas of the church. I know that when I teach uh, the kids here, I go home, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but I feel like my soul has been filled up. I feel so grateful. And that's why I love summer camp. I love being around our students. It just is so good being around them. And it just uh, replenishes my soul each and every day to be around them and see them uh, be so close to God and growing in their faith each and every day. And so allow God to give you comfort. Um, we can look at other things in the world to give us comfort, but ultimately it doesn't work, does it? And so that's why it's so important to find comfort in God and trusting in him instead. And the last application here, and it should be an easy one and, and ultimately an obvious one, trusting God to always provide for you. Trusting God to always provide for you. But this one can be hard, isn't it? Because it's hard to put our trust in God uh, when we have put our trust in so many things in the world and we've seen them fail. But God never fails us, does he? God never fails us. And we see that throughout scripture. And one of the things that we can do if we're not sure is to look back and look at all the times that we put our trust in God and saw how he provided for us. It will be amazing if you just do this little exercise, if you're feeling a little down because you're not sure that God is providing for us, go look back, make a list and see how many times God has provided for you. It will amaze you. It will absolutely amaze you how he provided for you during the good times and the bad times and even during times where you didn't even know you 
needed his provision. And this is important because it helps you look forward to the future, knowing that God is going to provide for you in the future. And so not only will he provide for you when you trust in him, he'll also provide in abundance. Just as the shepherd provides in abundance for a sheep, uh, we will be provided time and time again. And there will be moments where you're called to trust in him to provide for you spiritually, emotionally, financially. And sometimes we put our trust in other things that ultimately do not work. Do we put our trust in sports teams sometimes? Yep, and they let us down all of the, you know, a lot of the time. Uh, do we put our trust in idols, and where do we get with that? It doesn't go well. Do we put our trust in our job and, and finances? And sometimes that could all, we could lose it. We could, it could all be gone. We have to put our trust and faith in God. Uh, none of those things and many other things will give us the ultimate provision that God can, and that is why we trust in him to be the shepherd who provides all of our needs just as the shepherd provided for his sheep. I want to share with you one last story. So about six years ago, uh, God called me to go to the seminary, and I went to the seminary open day, and I and sat down and listened. I was like, this is great. This sounds great. And then I saw how much it was going to cost, and I was like, there is no way. I can't. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford this. Uh, I, I had no job at the time. I was an Uber driver, and so I was like, how am I going to afford this? And the dean of DTS at the time said, Put your trust in God. It's your will, if it's his will for you to be here, and I believe it is, put your faith and trust in God, and you see how he will provide for you financially and also in, the, in many different ways. It won't just be one way. It'll be in many different ways. And six years later, I left seminary debt-free. And I still, honestly know that it was because I put my trust in God and he provided. I had scholarships coming out of everywhere. I had a check arrive in the mail for $2,000. I still don't know where it came from. It had my name on it, so I cashed it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing how God provided for me in so many ways. And even at the end, there was scholarship money left over. And so he provided an abundance so someone else could have that. And so I urge you to put your trust in God in all areas because he will provide for you just like he's provided for me. He will provide for you. And just like the shepherd provides for the sheep so the sheep can take comfort near uh, the Lord. And so this psalm is a beautiful reflection of what it means to put our faith and trust in the Lord. I hope that by studying this psalm that you will find rest, comfort, peace, and restoration and trust in what it means to stay close to God and that by believing in our Lord and Jesus, uh, Savior Jesus Christ who died for our sins and rose from the dead, one day we will have everlasting life with him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you so much for this psalm, for the comfort and peace that it has brought, Lord. We're so grateful that David was able to show us um, how um, important the job of a shepherd was for caring for his sheep. And Lord, we are just so grateful that you do the same for us. You care for us. And so let us remember that we are to put our full faith and trust in you at all times so that we stay close to you, we stay on the right path, and knowing that you will provide for us for the rest of our days and we will be with you in heaven one day for eternity. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.